I started early with my leadership development in high school. And I always say the sooner the better that you can really hone your leadership skills. That's why I loved AKSI because you're getting the experience to be able to be a leader without having to worry about failing. You're listening to Business Edge, the podcast for professionals looking to excel in the workforce. In each episode, our guests take a deep dive into their personal and professional experiences to give you an edge in the marketplace. This podcast is brought to you by the Commonwealth Leadership Alliance. Welcome back to another episode of Business Edge Podcast. With me is Nicole Klemp. Nicole, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well, Chrissy. How are you today? I am good. Where did you go on vacation? Uh, we went to Central Florida. We did Legoland and the beach and fun little kid stuff. Oh, fun. Well, welcome back to Indiana. Hopefully we'll yeah, keep you some too. good weather before we get you know, our second winter. Yeah. Jen knows that, right? The weather's nice oh, yeah. and it goes bad. <laughs> We're just waiting for it. It's too nice outside right now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you need a couple more feet of great. snow up there in Buffalo before the before summer breaks. <laughs> right. So uh, with us today is Jen Kuhn. Jen, thank you so much for joining us. Nicole's going to give a little bit background information and we'll jump in. Yeah, so we're so excited to have Jen with us today. She's the president of Hamburg Overhead Door, a New York-based family-owned commercial and residential garage door company. She's also a board member of the Academy of Finance at Hamburg High School. Jen previously served as president of the Southtown Builders Association and is currently a member of the Buffalo Niagara Builders Association and the Home Improvement Council. Jen attended the University of Colorado at Boulder, where she was a member of Alpha Kappa Psi's Gamma Zeta chapter and earned a degree in human resource management. Jen, we are so excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Her first podcast, I must say. Oh, we're her first. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about your decision. You know, did you go to college knowing that you wanted to take over your family business? Was that something that came to you during college? Talk to us a little bit about what that decision process was like and your plan during business school. I feel like I'm a rare bird because I knew at age 14 that I wanted wow. to go into the family business. And wow. that was due to a class that I took and as a freshman, Introduction to Occupation. And the teacher of that class was the leader of the DECA chapter. Mm. And for those who don't know, but DECA is an organization for marketing and business students. And he asked me what my parents did for a living. And I said, shyly, like, oh. <sighs> garage doors. <laughs> and he said, well, how would you like to write a business manual on starting your own garage door company? Basically, it was a business plan that he helped me write at 14 years old wow. that I presented to our state competition. I won. I came in third place, went on to nationals, didn't place there. But it was at that point that I said, you know, instead of being a doctor, I wanted to be a pediatrician up until then, mm. you know, this would be something that I could do. It'd be a legacy taking it over uh, for my parents. Mm -hmm. And so that point on every decision that I made. So with going away to school, uh, to the university of Colorado, getting an HR degree, joining, you know, Alpha Kappa Psi uh, pledging, everything I did went towards my goal of eventually purchasing the business which my brother and I just purchased it from our parents in 2020. Oh, wow. Congrats. Yes, that is awesome. Congrats. And taking it on during the pandemic, even more kudos to you. Oh, I always say, yeah, what not to do? Buy a business during a pandemic. But um, 
we've made it successful and it's been a, a tough go f- for the last few years, but we keep saying if we could do it during COVID, mm-hmm. we can, we can do anything. So that's awesome. So you talk about how all your decisions were very calculated. I know you worked for enterprise rent a car right out of college. You actually didn't go back to the business right out of college. Talk to us a little bit about what you learned from that experience. Um, you know, years ago, couple decades, you know, that was the thing that a lot of students did is enterprise, but they're like, oh, I'm cleaning cars and I'm doing this and doing that. But talk to us about what that experience was like and how it primed you for what you're doing now. Sure. Well, I have to thank Alpha Kappa Psi for introducing me to Enterprise Rent-A-Car because as the president of the chapter at the time, they approached me about coming to talk to us as a chapter about resume writing. And I remember staying afterwards and hanging out with them And they said, you know, why don't you apply for a job with us? Because at that point I had decided I didn't want to come back to Buffalo right away Mm -hmm. because I had come back every summer during college and I really wanted real world experience that I wasn't working for my parents Mm -hmm. or working at a bike shop, which is what I did in high school. So I applied for enterprise and had read about it. They had a great management development program. And so, yeah, I decided to work for them, it was three and a half years. And yes, while you're cleaning cars and a suit or a skirt um, every day, it gave me the corporate leadership skills that I would never have gotten working at a small family business. Mm -hmm. They taught me everything from uh, hiring, firing, marketing, uh, sales. I mean, really all encompassing and I love my degree from the University of Colorado, but enterprise is what really taught me about the real world and things that I still use. Even how my people answer the phones, they say, thank Mm -hmm. you for choosing Hamburg Door. We used Mm -hmm. to say, thank you for choosing Enterprise Rent-A-Car. So it's it's those little things that really made a difference in my career. And while my parents were really upset with me that I went away to school, then I said, I'm going to stay work for somebody else. And they thought I would never come home, but they'll be the first to tell you those were the best decisions that I ever made. And it helped my career here in the family business. That is incredible. Cause when you work at enterprise, you basically pretty much own, it's like a micro business, right? You're in charge of the marketing for your branch, all the operations. Yeah. You're commissioned and paid on everything. So they work on occupancy. So you don't want Mm. cars sitting on the lot. Right. And It also means, too, if somebody gets into an accident with the car, that comes out of our paycheck as well. Mm. So it taught a lot of lessons and risks, like how much Mm -hmm. risk do you want to take because of back then, I wonder what it's like now, you had to put uh, an authorization on someone's credit card Mm -hmm. and hope that they were going to bring the car back. And one time in my career, I did have to go repo a car. (laughs) Wow. And we'll recommend it, but um, very, very nerve wracking experience, but it, oh, it ended sure. up working out okay. But yeah, they give you, what I liked about it is they gave you the tools and then the autonomy to make mistakes or learn from it. And mm. I remember early on, they were great about doing reviews. And one of the comments was that they said, I don't know if you're doing if you're doing good or bad, because you just act like you know what you're doing. You know, I had the confidence because they instilled that in me. They said, you just seem to take care of it. So we assume you're doing the right thing and not giving away the farm, but it was very enlightening to have that experience. And 
I was 22 years old. Where else would you get that kind of experience to really try and fail on someone else's dime Mm -hmm. as well? That's awesome. The quote that comes to mind is opportunity is usually comes in overalls and is hard work. And that's what it sounds like that experience definitely was. So you talked about, you know, the legacy of taking over the business. Your parents are very well known in the area. So what is it like being the next generation of Kuhn to own the business? Um, it's, it's been eye opening and like, and fun. I gotta say as hard as it is, one of our core values is to have fun. And again, we did this during COVID, even though it was a long process, it was about two and a half years till we, from the first time my dad said to me, okay, we're going to do this until we sign the papers for it. And it's been great having people come up to us and say like, oh, I dealt with your dad or your dad installed my garage door. Hmm. And there's a lot of that. Buffalo is very small town and everybody knows everybody. And so it's been great having that feeling that we're, we're taking it hopefully to the next level. Um, My dad purchased the company from the first owner of it, who was like a father to him. And my dad really took it to a whole nother level. And that's what we're trying to do. And it's not sexy. It's garage doors. It's, you know, just a commodity that we all need for our homes that have garages. But we try to have fun with it and have fun with the employees. And we've been able to keep growing it. So it's been fun. So, you know, keeping it all in the family and co-owning with your brother, how has that been? And how do you guys kind of split decisions and, and, and all of that? How does that relationship work? So my brother and I are less than two years apart. And growing up, fought like cats and dogs, hated each other. <laughs> and again, I went away to school. He stayed here. So we kind of missed those couple of years with each other, doing, um, keeping an eye on each other. But I, I came back, like the conversation went, my dad asked me to come back. It was around Christmas time of 2004. And my dad didn't say anything to my brother. And my brother found out through something else. And he was upset at first. He thought I was coming home to be his boss and just take it over and change everything. And once we sat down and over, it took time, but once he figured out like that wasn't my ammo at all. And again, that was in 2005 now, and we just bought it in 20. So it took a long time for my dad to be ready to sell it to us. And in talking with things, I went very basic with him with sticky notes. I took my dad's responsibilities and my mom's responsibilities and put them on a wall in my office. And we said, who's going to do what? And we moved them all to either side. There's stuff that we do together. But the best part is that I have my duties and responsibilities. He has his he doesn't want to do my job and I don't want to do his job. So I find that we, we really complement each other and we are so fortunate. Our parents are so fortunate. If we were both so much alike and we're fighting to make a certain decision, I mean, it would never work, but I can honestly say in the two and a half years since we purchased it, we've been, we've gotten closer than ever. And I honestly consider him one of my best friends now. Because we talk up until a few months ago, prior to the skiing accident, 
we would talk every morning at 5.30, 5.45 before everybody came in. And that was our time to either talk about outside work stuff or work stuff, order some of our bigger jobs together. And then he would go in the warehouse. I would go to be able to see the installers in the morning and then would come in and get my stuff done. But I talked to him inside work, outside work more than anybody else in my life, honestly. And Aww. very, very lucky because I know that that's not the case for a lot of family businesses. And people don't get it unless really they're in a family business with their siblings. And yeah, we always said we were fortunate. There was only two of us. If I had to do this with you know, if there were five siblings or three were in, two were out. I, I have so many friends with those kind of situations and it's tough. It's it's really tough. But my sister-in-law also works for us and my uncle. And at one point, my godmother did. She just retired. So when we say family, it's truly family here. You <laughs> I mean love it. that. That's, That's great. Awesome. You've been listening to Business Edge, brought to you by the Commonwealth Leadership Alliance and sponsored by Madison. Now let's get back to the conversation. Talk to us a little bit about what it's like being a woman in a male-dominated industry. It's not easy every day, and most of the time it's fine, but I actually just had a phone call yesterday somebody called me, it was a supplier and she was asking me a question and she goes, I don't know if you know me, but I follow you on LinkedIn. And I said, Oh, that's great. And she said, I was with this manufacturer for 30 years and I really admire what you're doing in the industry and seeing another female, you know, come up through it. And I said, yeah, there's not a lot of us in garage doors, especially I can name on one hand, a, a couple of female garage door owners throughout the United States. It's it's just heavily male dominated with their wife in mm. the business, which mm-hmm. is great, but it's not the same as being the, the owner of the company. So we were talking about how it's not for everybody, but I think if you're raised with the experience of being around other men in the industry, and it's it's men who are installing our product, servicing the product, that we deal with the general contractors, the GCs and home builders, they're all men. And I found early on that you have to, you, if I know what I'm talking about, which I do, and if I don't, I'll go and get the answer for you, but they definitely seem to handle you better. If you can instill that confidence that you know what you're talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've had that confidence very early on, knowing you wanted to do this when you were 14. So, Yeah, and I mean, I knew that it was going to be tough. It's definitely not easy. And and like I said, it's not for everybody, but it's really rewarding if you do it right and just enjoy what you're doing every day. So Jen, a lot of our listeners are young professionals, either in college still or getting ready to, you know, starting out in their career. Any advice for for the the younger folks out there who are thinking about either, you know, getting into the business world or, or wanting to start their own business or become a leader one day? Any any lessons learned so far in your career? I mean, the biggest thing I started early with my leadership development in high school, and I always say the sooner the better that you can really hone your leadership skills. That's why I loved AKSI because 
I joined, you know, like, and I pledged, became a brother, quickly became president uh, under some odd circumstances. And I, I explained it that way to them too. You're getting the, the experience to be able to be a leader without having to worry about failing or again, not on your dime. And everything that I did up, up until now has helped with that, being on different boards, volunteering, everything like that helps. And I always say, like, take the risk. It's, it's not easy to own your own business. And nowadays, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities for uh, younger students and just younger people to to do things where they don't have to be their, they can be their own boss. But it's very different when you're the boss of other people. And you got to be really conscious that that's what you want to do because you have the weight of them and their families on your shoulders. And that's, that's something that my brother and I take very seriously and they're depending on us. We're depending on our customers and we're depending on the employees to help keep the business going. We know that we need both of them to do that, but you have to get over that fear of failing and try and then keep growing with, with more people. There's just so many opportunities out there nowadays. And again, you can work for a big business, but I like small business. It's, you know, you have a lot more flexibility uh, Mm -hmm. in how you want to do things. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Great advice. So I think that you're probably one of the most interesting people alive. You could probably replace the Dos Equis guy <laughs> for a most interesting guy. Uh, you sail, you ride a Harley, you ski. You definitely have this philosophy of live life to the fullest. So talk to us about where you d- and how you developed that, you think. But also, I'm sure that has changed a little bit now that you're a business owner. You know, you've got some other responsibilities. So talk to us a little bit about also how that has changed or shifted a little bit. I feel fortunate that I had an aunt who lived next door to us, my dad's sister, who didn't have kids. So she would borrow me primarily, uh, my brother also, but she was my fun aunt that taught me how to ski, how to ice skate, sailing. Uh, My parents enjoyed motorcycles and snowmobiles and dirt bikes. And so I always wanted to get involved in everything. And by doing that, I feel like I've broadened not just like skills, but meeting new people in all of these different groups. I love to travel. And so while I'm kind of on the sidelines right now due to a ski injury, so I won't be doing really any of those things for the next year, which is, that was Mm. something I really had to come to grips with fast because they told me don't don't think you're going to ski next winter, you know? So I, how do I look at that now? Okay. Then maybe I'll go down to the British Virgin islands and charter a boat with some friends and do some sailing down there. I've always wanted to do that, but couldn't because I wanted to be skiing. So it's just looking at everything as an opportunity. I feel like, and being grateful for where you're at. I'm really working on the grateful part uh, these days because there's, there's so many good things going on out there that we can do. And while having the business, I've had to limit the amount of travel. I had to give up sailing because of the time commitment. But again, that's okay because it's giving me other opportunities. And I'll be able to go back to some of those things someday. But again, when you're the owner, putting in the time, 
I feel like a lot of people do think, well, I'll just go work for myself. No one has to tell me what to do. I can work whenever I want. I can do whatever I want. And, and that's great. But I have a lifestyle that I like to maintain, which means having fun and traveling and doing all those fun things Chrissy mentioned. Um, but I got to put in the work at work to make sure that things are going well. Can't just leave for you know weeks at a time. So taking vacations that first year was really tough. And I was used to traveling all the time. But I had to really say, okay, what's going to happen when I'm gone? Or how can I do this? And then it's learning to trust your people. You know, I always have said, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you and that are really good at what they do. And they'll, they'll help you. Like, I can't do everything. And I have a father who didn't have the same philosophy. He did a lot of the, a lot of everything, touched every paper in our office, had his hands in everything. And we're too big to be able to do that. So at least my brother and I agree on that part too. Took two of us to replace him, but we have good people that we can trust. So we can both have fun. Life's too short not to have fun. Agreed. And I love that's one of your company values. And you're the second person we've talked to today that mentioned gratitude. So I think that's really key. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This time has flown. It has. Well, we don't want to let you off the hook yet before you answer our signature question here on Business Edge. So Jen, tell us about a time when your personal values were challenged. What happened and how did you handle it? I've been thinking long and hard about this since you guys asked me. And unfortunately, I can't come up with a specific situation, but I know in the past I've had, and I kind of talked about it with the GCs, where I've had some conversations that were really tough and that I had to really stick up for myself or stick up for the value of our company and what we bring to the table. And again, it's dealing with men. I'm still considered younger than a lot of the men that we work with as well. And so I can remember a few phone conversations having with people and having to really be firm about whatever I was asking for so that they weren't just going to walk all over me. And I, I hung up the phone and my, I was sweating. I had like a rash on my throat. Like, thank God it was on the phone, you know, so they couldn't see how nervous I was, but kind of just stand up for yourself and what you believe in, whether it's for the business yourself. And again, I I deal with this all the time with men, but um, the more you learn and practice from it, I feel like it gets easier over time. So I hope that helps. I know it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think we took away from this conversation. Confidence really is key. Whether you own a business, whether you're in a, you know, male dominated or different industry, be confident in who you are and what you're looking for and what you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jen. It's been really great to hear from you. We appreciate you sharing your perspective and experiences with our listeners. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Business Edge. If you have questions, comments, or topic suggestions for us, Contact us at mail at businessedge.org.